0: Good to see you. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Might as well be happy. Praise God. I was grumpy long enough. I'm done with it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your great love, which you loved us, Lord. Well, the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We bless you, Lord. We forget none of your benefits. We thank you, Lord, that you forgive all our iniquities and you heal all our diseases. I thank you, Lord, for your healing angel that's been sent to Rome, New York, to us, Lord, to heal the people. I thank you that you bore our sicknesses and carried away our diseases. And by your stripes we're healed. I thank you that you are the Lord that heals us. I pray for healing to flood this place this morning in Jesus' name. For sickness and disease to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We refuse, I refuse to allow sickness and disease in this church in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be gone. I break your hold on people. I break your hold on me. I break your hold on the people. Be gone in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we are the healed. We are the healed we are the healed by your stripes Lord we were healed. we thank you for it in Jesus name in Jesus name. hallelujah when I was praying and getting ready, I just kept sensing uh It's like God, I just kept hearing like God is a supernatural God. We need to believe God for the supernatural to happen in our midst because we serve a supernatural God. We can't look at the natural circumstances and say that's it. It can't change. It can always change with God. He's God. He's God Almighty. He's the ruler of the universe, and he's not bound by anything. We just need to release our faith in him to do impossible things. Hallelujah. Because Hallelujah. it says in Isaiah, was it 60 or 61? In the last days, it says, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness of people, but God will arise on his people. Oh, he's raise, the glory of God is going to be poured out. I tell you, there's a greater separation coming between light and darkness. And the people of light are going to shine brightly in Jesus' Hallelujah. name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah! (laughs) Galatians, praise God. Let's go to Galatians. We're going to start in Galatians this morning. Galatians chapter 5. I'm t- I look forward to what's coming. Yeah, on, not, not the bad stuff, but I, I, you know, I think it, as the world gets worse, we're going to get better. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm look, I, I'm just what, what, I don't want to go home yet. I want to stay around for a while. Because I think it's going to get real, it's going to get a lot, it's not going to be easy. You know, there's people, there's people that are facing uh, termination of employment because of this vaccine thing. They don't. They don't believe in the vaccine. They don't want the vaccine. That's you know. That's I'm not telling you what you should do. It's between you and God. Some people get it. Some didn't. You know. I said. <clears throat> I was thinking this. You know. In the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down to that golden idol. But you know, I thought. But they weren't the only Jews in Susa. There's a lot of Jews that did. But it was they. But in their conscience, they couldn't. So you do what your conscience dictates. But at the same time, you know, I see, you know, I thought, people can't work unless they get the vaccine. That smacks of people can't buy or sell because they took the mark of the beast. I'm not saying the vaccine's a mark, I'm not saying the vaccine is the mark of the beast. You know, that was barcodes. Barcodes was the vaccine. Remember, remember, remember when barcodes came out? Everybody said, oh, it's a mark of the beast. I said, maybe, but I'm going to the grocery store and buying something. No, the mark of the beast is going to be to, the same thing as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's going to be about worshiping a false person. That's right. mm-hmm. Anyway, how to get on that? I'm giving you time to find Galatians. Did you find it? Galatians chapter 5. Talks about the deeds of the flesh. In verse 22, we'll just skip right down to verse. 12, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. The King James has long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. King James has faith, but it's, it's more correct faithfulness. It's a characteristic of God. Gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. So something I think, you know, when, when you come to God, the Bible says that we have been predestinated to be conformed to his image. So, we, and you know, when Paul wrote to, when Paul wrote to Titus, he said that we are, there's a renewing of the, a regeneration and a renewing of the, of the spirit. The spirit of God renews us. The spirit of God is, is bringing, the, is causing the character of Christ to develop within us so that we become more like him every day. And this is, this is the, this is the fruit of the spirit is the character of Christ being developed in us. Love, joy, peace, you know, those are internal things, but they're external. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. I was thinking, boy, self-control, that's, you know, that's last in the list, but it's one of the first things that I, that I have to deal with in my life. Self-discipline, self-control. But it's what's growing in us. It's called fruit, and it's the Christian character that God wants us to have. I want to look I want to look for a little while this morning at faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is somebody who's loyal. To be faithful means to be loyal, to be trustworthy, to be dependable, to be reliable, to be someone you can be someone that can be trusted to complete an assignment and can but I was thinking when you talk about faithfulness and you know Somebody may say, "I'm not the most appointed. I'm not the most anointed person in the world. I'm not the sharpest tack in the box. I'm not the I'm not the greatest of this or that." You you may not you may not see yourself as very gifted, but one thing we can all be is faithful. You know, we say, "You know what? I may not be the greatest husband, but I'll be faithful. I may not be the greatest preacher, but I'll be faithful. I'll be you know we can all be faithful." We look at ourselves so many times and we, we see ourselves uh, kind of lesser. You know, well, there's the pastor and then there's us. No, we're all in the body of Christ. But I, I understand some people have greater anointings on their life than others. And I may not be as great as some, but I can be faithful, praise God. I can be, I can stay, I can be faithful to God. I can be faithful to my wife. I can be faithful to, uh, to people. And we can all do that. God wants us to be faithful and we can all be faithful. But within, within that definition of faithfulness, there's an implied uh, tenacity, perseverance. Because if you're going to be, you know what Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved in Matthew twenty four thirteen. Well, you could almost, and I'm not saying, but you could almost say he who is faithful to the end. There's a similarity there. Because if you're going to be faithful to the end, you're going to have to endure. If you're going to endure to the end, you have to be faithful. And God wants us to be faithful. God wants to be people that, we, that are loyal, people that are trustworthy, that you're a man and a woman of your word. When you say something, you're going to do it. You, you, you follow through as best you can. And that's what God wants all of us. In Matthew chapter 25 is a story of the, of, the, of the parable of the talents And it says, the kingdom of, well, it starts off by saying, for it. It's It's talking about the kingdom of God. For it is just like, the kingdom of God is like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. You know the story. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went, and traded with them, and gained five more. In the same manner, the one who received the the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away, dug a hole, and he he mismanaged it. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them, and to the one who received five talents came up and brought five more, saying, "'Master, you entrusted five talents to me. "'See, I have gained five more.' His master said to him what? The words that we all want to hear God say to us one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I tell you, when we do what God called us to do, you know, and God gave five to one and another he gave two. And he wasn't being partial. He just saw that one had more ability. It says, The Bible says each according to their own ability. So not everyone has the same ability. It's God made us different. It doesn't mean we all have to be the same. But to the one who, who had five and made five, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What I really like is the one who had two and made two, he said the exact same thing. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did as much with yours as he did with his. Right. Now the one, who, the one who had the one went and buried it, he, just, he, he, he said, you're a lazy slave. And he cast him out of the kingdom. Faithfulness is a tremendous asset and a tremendous blessing to those who who will perch who will uh, walk in it in first corinthians chapter 4 the apostle paul says it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful and second timothy in second timothy chapter 2 the apostle The Apostle Paul writes, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So the Apostle Paul says, when, you, when you're picking people to, to succeed you, when you're picking people to, to work in the kingdom, get faithful men, and God will make them able. You don't necessarily need able men. You need faithful men. And God will take faithful men and make them able. He'll gift them to do what He's called them to do. In 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 22. It says, so David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's household heard of it, they went down to him. Everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to him, and he became captain over them. Now there are about 400 men with him. The distressed, the discontent, those who are in debt, these aren't the cream of the crop. They went down to David, but you know what? David turned them into his mighty men because they 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 started walking with David. And you know, it's not it's not, it's, where, it's not where you start; it's where you end up that matters. Hallelujah. And these people were were not they were they were the downcast, they were broke, they were probably criminals. But God, but David molded them into his mighty and became mighty men for David. You know, you don't don't look at your past. Don't worry where you came from. Just put yourself in God's hands and watch what he can do. You know, this little, there's a little boy that had nothing but a few loaves and a, few, a little boy's lunch. Gave him to Jesus, and they ended up feeding thousands and thousands. Just give yourself to God and see what he does. Put your life in God's hands. Walk faithfully with him. And do what he's called you to do, and you'll be surprised what God will do with you. And I want to look at faithfulness uh, this morning for a little bit. If you let God work with you, if you let God have your way and refine you and shape you, it doesn't matter where you start. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1, he said, For I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And, you know, sometimes when we quote that scripture, we just quote the, he said, He who began a good work. But the Apostle Paul says, I'm confident. There's a confidence in me that God is going to do what he said he would do. He's going to develop me into somebody great for Jesus. Hallelujah. It's God who's at work in you both are willing to work of his good pleasure, he wrote. And in 1 Corinthians, this is one of my favorites. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Do you not know? 1 Corinthians 6, I see everybody flipping pages. You can have to keep up with me. I'm going, I'm just, I'm booking it Or do you not, verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Boy, that sounds like a great crop, doesn't it? <laughs> and such were some of you. Amen. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit of our God. God took you, you bunch of criminals, your down lives, your low lives, your perverts, your homosexuals, you're drunken, you're sleeping around, but God took you and he shaped you, made you into something beautiful in Jesus' name. You know, I was thinking I was thinking that song by Ray Stevens back in, what, remember in the 70s? Everything is beautiful. Remember that song? Come on, how me out. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everything is beautiful. It's, it's right from Ecclesiastes. Everything is beautiful in its own time. God will take whatever. God will take the worst life and make it something glorious. God took a, a guy who was killing Christians and made him a great apostle. And he can, do, he can take your life and make you great too. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just give yourself to God. Let him have his way in your life and he'll do it. I want to look at one of my favorite scriptures this morning. I've preached on this before, but I felt like doing it again today. Let's turn to 2nd Samuel. 2nd Samuel, the end of the chapter verse chapter 23. We're going to read about some of those guys that defected to David at the cave of Adelam and how he turned them into mighty men. In 2 Samuel 23, beginning in verse 8, these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb Bathshebeth, a chief of the captains. He was called Adino the Esnite because he slew 800, 800 slain by him at one time. Eight hundred people killed by this guy at one time. He's a bad dude. (laughs) And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defeated the Philistines and were gathered together there to battle. And the men of Israel had withdrawn. He rose and struck the Philistines until his hand was weary and clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to strip the slain. Now after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, a Harahite. And the Philistines were gathered into a troop where there was a plot, full of, a plot of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot, defended it, and struck the Philistines. And the Lord, the Lord brought about a great victory. I want to look at those three men and see what they did to make them great in, in, in the light of their faithfulness and their tenacity. The first one was Adino the Esnite. The Bible says he slew 800 men at one time. Faithfulness and tenacity, how? In spite of a seemingly impossible situation in spite of overwhelming odds he just kept fighting it seemed like an impossible task can you imagine 800 people it's a lot of people I don't know know but he didn't quit he just kept fighting he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting so what do you do what do you do when you're facing an impossible situation or something that looks like it looks impossible. Maybe a financial problem. Maybe a, a physical problem. Maybe a relational problem. Something it just... And it seems like there's no way. And when you look at it, there's no way. I've heard people say, but pastor, it's an impossible thing. But we, we have to believe God. I can't guarantee that it will always come out the way you want. But God wants us to at least have faith and to believe him. The first thing, if you're facing an impossible situation... The first thing you got to do is get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes on God. You know the Bible. There's, a, there's a, in the Psalm it says, "Oh, magnify the Lord." And I, you know, I know it doesn't make, mean, make him big, but I feel like take a magnifying glass and take the magnifying glass off the problem and put the magnifying glass on Jesus and on God and make him bigger than the problem. Yes. You have to you have to not look at the problem. You have to believe God. You have to say, God, I know that there's nothing. See, what did Jesus say? The things that are impossible with man are, po- are possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. So when, when it seems like we're facing something that, that's impossible, we have to look to God, do the best we can to believe God, confess the word, and say, thank you, Jesus. That there's nothing impossible for you. I thank you that my checkbook has to change. I thank you that my health has to change. I thank you that my relationship... God, you are greater. And I'm believing you to do a supernatural thing in this, in this situation. Hallelujah. Tenacity. I mean, here's a guy facing hundreds and hundreds of people. And, you know, here's what you have to... And when you're facing that, you just take it one day at a time. One step at a... time. You take it one... Okay. It's like, I, feel, I see this guy going, suck eye," You know, okay, next... Line up, guys. We're going to take you one at a time. You're not going to try to fight 800 at once. I'm going to take it one day at a time, one step at a time. You know, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say, but there's a saying that says a, a journey of a 1,000 miles, a journey of 100 miles starts with what? One, take the first step. Just take that first step, and then take another one, and then take another one. Take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. Take it one, stop looking at the, at the whole thing and take it one day at a time and see what God does. Here's a man who's facing a, a seemingly impossible situation, but he just kept fighting. He kept fighting, he kept fighting, he kept fighting. And that's the key. Just keep fighting. Keep believing God. Don't allow the circumstances to overwhelm you. Don't allow the circumstances to convince you it can't change, and we quit and we give up. If, we, you, know, if, you, if you quit, you're, you're definitely a loser. You never know what God's going to do. So keep going. Keep fighting in Jesus' name. The next one was Eliezer, the son of Dodo. Now, this, these are similar. These, these first two are very similar. He fought, the Bible says, until his hand clung to his sword. When, it, when the battle was finally over and he tried to let go of his sword, nothing happened. His hand wouldn't respond. Now, one, one thing, the Bible doesn't say how long he fought, and the Bible doesn't say how many men he killed. The only thing that made him great was that he fought until his hand clung to his sword. To me, that's, that's what? To me, that's fighting, being faithful, and being tenacious in spite of overwhelming fatigue. You ever facing a problem that seems like it's been going on forever and it'll never change? Might be a financial problem. Might be a marriage. Might be a health problem. And it may not be a big problem, but it's something that just keeps going on and on and on. And you've been believing God and it hasn't changed. And it's been going on for months, maybe even years. And it just seems like it'll never end. And we get discouraged. You you get tired. Can you get tired of fighting? Yeah, you can get tired of fighting. You can get tired of believing God. You know, we come to church, we're, you know, we ask we, yes, for we're faith, we're praising God. But then you go home and you have to face that thing again. Day after day after day. And it seems like it's never going to change. And the enemy comes and beats you up in your head and says, it hasn't changed now, it's not going to change. You might as well quit. You might as well give up and believe God for something else. Just let it go. It's not going to happen. It's going on and on and on. We get tired. But just keep fighting. Just keep fighting. You know, I was reminded, I was going to print this up, but I forgot to, so I'll just have to try to remember. There's, a, there's a, a poem about two frogs. It's one of my favorites. It talks about just keep enduring. Two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, cried number one. Tis fate, no help around. Goodbye, sad world. Goodbye, my friend, and weeping still, he drowned. But number two of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise. The while he wiped his creamy lips and wiped his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while, spake he, or so I've heard it said. It won't help the world if one more frog is dead. For hours he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter. Then helped, then hopped out on the aisle he have made of solid, fresh churned butter. <laughs> <laughs> See, you don't know what's going to happen. Just keep, just keep fighting, just keep fighting, and that's what this guy did. It made him great. He just kept fighting and fighting. He was totally exhausted, but he wouldn't quit. He just kept. Go- so just keep going in Jesus' name. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. And God, you never know what God's going to do. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. It could all change tomorrow. I told you about that one time. We were, we were you know, years ago. We were so broke. We we didn't have enough money to pay our bills. We had a stack of bills on the on the dining on the kitchen table. We and a little bit of money, a little bit of money would come in. We'd say, okay, God. Well, first of all, we gave to God what belongs to God. We have got to keep the seed sown. So we'd sow. we'd give our give we'd give. Give the tithe to God, and we'd say, "Okay, God, which bills and how much?" We and we just that was it. That's all we had. And my my brother-in-law was sending us a check every month. I told you that story. And one day, um, an envelope came in the mail. Just like every other one, and I expected it was going to be what it what it always is. He'd send us a thousand dollars a month. God bless him. I mean, we. We'd all been starved to death or something. But we thought it was just going to be a regular check just like any other. We opened it up. It was $20,000. $20,000. See, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So just keep going. Don't quit. That's what I want. Don't quit. Just keep going. Be like that frog. Just keep going. In Jesus. And God will rescue you. In Jesus' name. Now, this last one is my favorite. Shama, the son of Agi. What made him famous? What caused him to climb to the top? What great accomplishment did he perform? He defended a bean patch, a plot of lentils. He didn't defend the king. He didn't defend, like, the palace. He didn't You know, keep the enemy out of the temple, and it wasn't just a simple little thing—a bean patch. You know what the Bible says? If you, in Luke chapter sixteen, the Bible says if you're faithful in little things, God will make you ruler over much. Remember what? Remember what the what the man with the in in the parable of the talents? He said, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are faithful in what? A little." If faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. Something we have to understand. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest benefits you can ever do to be great with God is to be faithful in little things. Little things matter to God. If you're faithful in little, the Bible says, it's the same as being faithful in much. How many times have I missed it because the Spirit of God prompted you to prompts me to do something, and it seems insignificant. It's like, oh, what does it matter if I do that? It's so, it's so It's so insignificant. But God's watching. God's watching me. God's watching all of us to see if we'll do the little things. He, he won't ask me to do something big if he can't trust me to do something little. It's so important to do the little things for God. This is my bean patch. And the devil's not going to have it. This is my home. This is my family. These are my finances. This is my stuff. This is my body. The devil can't have it. You know, you don't have to do something great to be great with God. You just have to be faithful, even in little things. And God will make you ruler over much. Mm -hmm. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10? He said, "If if you give... just a cup of cold water to one of my disciples, you'll not lose your reward. Just give a disciple just a a cup of cold water and you won't lose your reward. And in in Matthew chapter 24 or 3, Jesus is talking about Matthew 24, talk about the end times. I I wrote it down, I better check. In Matthew 25, talk about separating the nations, women, the sheep and the goats. I'll put the Sheep in my right hand, the goats in my left. And to the sheep I'll say, come, come into the kingdom. For I was, what did he say? I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. Sick and in prison, you visited me. And he said, Lord, when, when do we do this? He said, to, to the degree that you did it, what? To the least of these, my brethren. Just do it to the least of these. You'll never lose your reward. Little things. I think sometimes we miss, we miss God more than anything by failing to do little things that God puts on our heart. It's the most important thing. And I know there's many times, I look back in my life, there's many times I feel like I, I missed it because I, the Spirit of God just kind of prompted me to do something. And I said, well, what does it matter? It matters. And this guy became one of David's three mighty men Because he defended a bean patch. Faithfulness. Faithfulness despite an impossible situation. Faithfulness despite uh, something that seems like it's going on and on and on and never end. And faithfulness in a seemingly unimportant assignment. You can be great with God by just being faithful, being loyal, being trustworthy and dependable. And when God sees that, he'll jump into your life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Father, help us, Lord, every one of us to understand the importance of faithfulness, to be faithful to you, Lord, faithful to what you've called us to do, faithful to our families, faithful to our jobs, faithful to our friends, that we would be found faithful, loyal, trustworthy, dependable people, people of our word, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry, and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.